Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Well, if you have your Bibles, the other thing I want to say, uh, take your Bibles and turn to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. I really, these are very practical things. It is important that you come with something to write on, whether it's a notebook, whether it's one of our journals that you have out from out front. We'll be talking about that in a moment. Um, but something to write with. You have pens in the seat pockets. I don't care if you need to write on an offering envelope. I'm willing to donate that to you. Because it is really important that we capture some of these things. Because last week, we, we've got to apply this. Because if we just come and check a box and we don't apply any of this, then we don't have an opportunity to grow. And, and I don't know about you, but I'm interested in growing in my relationship with the Lord. And I know you are as well. But we've got, to, we've got to step up our game in our growth. Because last week, I, I, out of a show of hands, honesty, honestly, I gave three things that I wanted you to focus on. One is being aware of your routines. How many people took actually a moment to be aware of your routines? All right, good job. We're applying it. So the next I also said, how many people take a moment, look around, find who hasn't been for a while, make it, take an email, phone call. Did anybody call anybody this week? Anybody? Thank you so much. Some of you did. That's awesome. Well, you can do it again this week because we want people to be rooted, connected, grounded back into the fall rhythms. And then lastly, what did we say was the third thing? Go to bed early. Anybody decide they're going to go to bed a little bit earlier? Good job. All right, because today's message is going to go right in hand with this one going to bed earlier. Okay, so we are on week two of rhythms, understanding that it's important to get into the rhythm this fall and realizing the rhythms, this regular routine is going to help us grow. It's going to help us grow in a relationship with the Lord. So in Mark chapter one, before we get there, anybody like to vacation here? You like to vacation? Yeah. Why do we like to vacation? It's because we get, we can be refreshed. We can regain clarity, creativity, be recharged. I know for me, I enjoyed vacationing with my family this year. I even actually tried to learn to surf. You're going to see a video. Don't laugh too hard. Don't laugh too hard. Here we go. I'm the big fat guy in the middle there who sinks down after he kind of gets up. Oh, the wave dies and he sinks. But this is my son. He's riding the wave all the way in. Good job, Elliot. Looking great. So this is my family right here. A nice little picture of my family. Yes, there they are. So this is uh, in Maine. I was there trying to learn to surf. And why did I enjoy the beach so much is because I felt like I could be refreshed, rejuvenated, regain clarity, creativity, recharged. But the challenge with that is here's the deal with vacations. The average cost of a vacation, so it says in the United States, is $1,145 per person. If a family of four is $4,580, that's the average cost of vacation. I know us New Englanders, we go on the cheap, right? So we're not paying that kind of money. But how many people... (laughs) So how many people are ready for another vacation? I know we just got out of summer, but how many people want another vacation? Of course we do. But what if I... We don't have the money for another vacation. So there's other options. What if I told you, you can be refreshed, recharged, rejuvenated, creativity is restored to you every morning? What if I were to tell you that that would be something that we can experience? And we can. 
And we can. And if we have to, we look at the model of Jesus, we realize that, that Jesus had something figured out. Do you remember when the disciples were in a boat and all of a sudden the storm was raging around them? Where was Jesus in the midst of that chaos of the storm? He was taking a nap. He wasn't too concerned. He had an incredible amount of peace. How about this? When, when Lazarus dies, uh, his sisters, Mary and Martha, run to find Jesus and they're panicked. Jesus, you missed it. My brother was sick and then you weren't there. Where were you? And Jesus like, guys, guys, it's okay. Breathe. Well, how come you're not coming down? Uh, breathe. I'll, I'll get there. And he gets there and then he raises Lazarus from the dead. Jesus wasn't too concerned about the situation. He knew it. He, he understood what the father wanted to do. Or how about this? You know, he's with the crowds where Jesus feeds the 5,000. The disciples are like starting to panic. We didn't prepare for this, Jesus. It's dinner time and we don't have any, any food for these. We better send them away. And Jesus is like, guys, the Father in heaven has provision. It's okay. Get the little boy with the little fishies and the little bread and we're going to have a party. And Jesus feeds the 5,000. But the disciples were kind of freaking out over it. And how much do we do that with life that we're like those disciples? We're like Mary and Martha and we're looking at the circumstances around us and it's the storm, it's the crazy life. It's like, what's going on? But maybe Jesus knew something because he had such understanding of what the Father was saying. He had such peace. He had such calm in his life. Maybe it's found in this solution right here. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. And it says this. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed, and Simon and those who were with him searched for him. Oh, we don't need to go that part. He went out and prayed. Rising very early in the morning. Oh, come on. He's not going there, is he? The early riser. Hey, you know what they say? The early bird catches the... Well, how about this one? Maybe the early prayer calms the storm. Mm, you like that one, eh? The early bird catches the worm. Okay, we got that. Or how about this one? Early to bed, early rise makes you healthy, wealthy, and... Isn't saying this as wise, though? Actually, in the, 19, in the 1400s, when that saying originally um, came about, that word wise was not wise. It was actually holy. Interesting. Early to bed, early to rise makes you healthy, wealthy, and holy. Maybe there's something about getting up early in the morning. Because Jesus rises very early in the morning. While it was still dark, he departed and went out to a, what kind of place? A desolate or a place of solitude. And there he caught up on his social media feeds. <laughs> right? No, and he prayed, and he prayed, he prayed. Some of you were very convicted last week when I was talking about that. What do you do when you first wake up in the morning talking about rhythms? And some of you said, you know what? I resisted the temptation to look at my phone. The very first thing I did when I woke up, I just waited two minutes. Good for you. You start somewhere. You started somewhere. 
You know, I wonder if it starts in the stillness of the morning. Look at that slide. I wonder if it starts in the stillness of the morning. Well, you said, well, that was really great for Jesus because that's Jesus, right? He can kind of like, he didn't have a real life, right? He didn't have a real job. You know, Jesus would just walk around and just have conversations and occasionally heal somebody. And he'd like pick some grain and eat while he's walking, right? It's just like, that's just Jesus. So that's not real life because don't you know my life? We're busy. We've got things going on. I, I can't handle this. I, can't, I don't have time to wake up earlier in the morning. I, I don't have energy for that. Well, before you try to take Jesus off the hook or make yourself not like Jesus, which we're not Jesus, but here Jesus was fully human like you and I in this story. Let's read a little bit ahead before we get to Jesus woke up very early and went out. So the night before, so in, in Mark chapter 1, verse 29, and immediately he, Jesus, left the synagogue... So obviously he was spending some time probably teaching in the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever and immediately they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up and the fever left her and she began to serve them. So Jesus brought healing after he had already spent time in the synagogue. That evening, okay, so now we're continuing on. That evening after he healed this um, lady, the evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick, all who were oppressed by demons, and the whole city gathered together. Can you imagine that? If you're an introvert, you're like overwhelmed now. Like the city is at your feet wanting you to minister, and he does. They're gathered together at the door, and he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. Okay, Jesus was kind of busy. That was the night before. Do you think all the energy and all of the stuff that left him, he must have been exhausted. But then we read in the very next day, and rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, he departed and went to a quiet place and prayed. You see, I wonder if Jesus is telling us something here and modeling something for us that not only do we need to go to bed early, but we also need to get up early and spend some time with our Father in heaven who can speak things like he spoke to me this morning that made all the difference in somebody's life here today because I took the moment to say, what are you speaking to me? How much more would you be able to find these things in your own life that God would be saying, you know what, there's somebody in your work that really is going to need some support today. Maybe there's somebody, one of your kids is struggling and the only way that you'd know they're struggling is the divine revelation that the Holy Spirit would speak to you in the stillness of the morning that you begin to pray. Now, I know some of you who are like, Man, you don't know what time I get up to go to school in the morning. Like my daughter has to leave the house at 6.45 in the morning. So she's probably thinking, when, where am I going to have time to pray? Well, how about this, guys? Maybe just if you're riding the bus or you pull into the school parking lot, just, just leave yourself five minutes and find just a few moments to connect with your Father in heaven and be still and know that... He is God. 
Well, it's interesting. I, I love how the world um, takes some models of, of the way that God has designed something and then tries to, you know, jump off of it and market it. And because and, it usually works, right? God's designs usually work and the world loves to copy them. So there's a book that was called The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. Now, I'm not suggesting go get this book, but I think the interesting thing about this, they're saying all of your most entrepreneurial CEOs like this. How about Richard Branson, the founder and CEO of Virgin, or Tim Cook, CEO of Apple? Anybody who likes Apple products out here? Anybody? Did anybody see the release? You know, this week we had the big announcement of the latest Apple products. Thank you for taking over the world, Apple. Okay, um, Howard Schultz, CEO of Starbucks, to name a few. And all of them have said they get up at 5.30 in the morning. The miracle morning. And then they have a routine. And this is what this book talks about for a routine. And it kind of sounds awfully strange like what Jesus did. So what they go on to say in this miracle morning, they say, hey, take a few moments. Well, Jesus maybe didn't write, but this is what we encourage you to do in journaling. But they say, take just 10 minutes and write some things down. Write your thoughts down. In there, they would say, be quiet and be still and meditate. And we would call that prayer. Let's pray. They would also go on and say, start writing down some of the things that they, in that meditation, in that write down some of your goals, kind of your aspirations. And I guess we would say, as, as the Holy Spirit speaks to you, some things that he'll want you to do. Like, hey, you know what, Mark, I would love for you to talk about brain injury. Somebody who has a right leg that needs healing. Would you do that? And I had to write that down this morning. So then they talked about um, reading for uh, 20 minutes and or reading for a few, few minutes. And, and isn't it interesting that we, we talk about these rhythms of life and, and we're saying, you know what? How many people read the Bible? And maybe that is a rhythm that we should be saying instead of the miracle morning of just without these other things. But there's spiritual disciplines in here that actually bring health and revelation and something of great peace to our lives. But it starts in the stillness of the morning. I, I put on this slide, the rhythm of waking up at 5.30 a.m. to spend time with Jesus becomes the rock and inspiration of your day. Wouldn't you like that? But yet, when we run so harried, when we run so fast, when we just barely just keep it up with things, we're wondering why we don't have any peace. We wonder why our minds are so cluttered. We forget things and where our creativity starts to get squashed and our inner being starts to gasp for air. I, I wonder if we could just wake up a little bit earlier, maybe not 5.30 for some of you, but just a little bit earlier and spend time like that early morning miracle, but this is the way I would encourage it, by, by maybe stopping and praying and listening to the voice of God. Maybe opening up your Bible, the reading that you would do would be reading the word of God that, that, so that, that Jesus can speak to you. You want to, people say, I can't hear God's voice. How does God sound like? And I say, open up the Bible. He sounds a lot like what's in here. <laughs> because this is his word for us. Hebrews 4.12 says, The word of God is living, active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. 
There's so much power in the word of God. So we wake up a little bit earlier and we quiet ourselves and we read God's word. Somebody said, well, how do you journal through God's word? And I would encourage journaling. By the way, we have some journals out there. There's a little reading plan on the inside. And, um, and on the inside of that, you can, you know, there's Old Testament, New Testament scriptures. There's a day on it and you could do that. And these are five bucks at the uh, info hub. We're just covering our cost on them. But I would encourage you. And by the way, I have a feeling all of you are probably going to get a journal today. But, but if we're out, we put some, uh, an, another order in. So um, don't worry, we'll have more journals. But how, they would say, like, how do you journal? And, and some of you have been around Grace. We've been journaling for years, 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 years. And we use the SOAP method. And let me tell you, this is where you want to write something down. SOAP, S-O-A-P. This is how you can read the Bible. Find in your Bible reading plan a little, usually it's a chapter that you're going to have you read. And when you're reading that, you're going to find after you're reading and you pray, you say, Holy Spirit, speak to me through your word. And chances are, there's going to be a verse that's going to jump out at you. And for me, I don't mind writing in my Bible. I underline that. And that's my scripture that I'm going to meditate on for the day. So I write that scripture down. After I'm done reading, I write that scripture in my journal. And then I put an O for observation. Observation is, is making an observation about what's going on in this story. Like, for example, let's say this is the verse I underline, Mark 135, rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed, went out, desolate place, and there he prayed. I'm going to make an observation. It's like, wow, Jesus uh, still found time after he was, had a crazy day the day before. To, and why would that be? And maybe that's my observation of looking at the circumstance of the story. Then A for application. If you're not applying God's word to your life, then all it does is become head knowledge. And we know head knowledge just puffs you up. It doesn't transform your life and doesn't allow you to be an effective uh, follower of Jesus. So you have to write an application. So my application might be, wow, really? Early in the morning? Help me, Lord. I got to, really? I need to get up a little bit earlier. Lord, help me to get up a little bit earlier so I can, I can do that. Well, I've kind of mixed it into my prayer. So maybe my application is, I need to get up earlier in the morning so I can spend some time quietly before the Lord. Or I, you know what? I need to stop looking at my phone first thing when I get up or turning on the TV when I first get up or whatever, whatever. I need to make sure the Lord is the first thing in the morning. I need to find some time for that. That's my application. My prayer would be then help me Lord because my flesh is weak and I want to sleep in or I don't want to get up earlier. Please help me to execute what you've shown me to do. That's how you would do a SOAP, S-O-A-P. Now, that's just one way that you can be in, in a, an intentional way of journaling through God's word. But it is a way that I've found that I have grown significantly over the years using it this way because you're applying God's word to your life. And it's the very first thing that you start with in the morning. And so chances are God reminds you along the way of that scripture. Well, the next one is prayer. So some people would say, well, I, I don't know how to pray. And, and do I have to like pray in like old English of like, oh, holy father, thee are my, my Lord. And how beeth thou righteousness that in me? 
whatever. I was like, no, you, you can just be like, talk to him. Talk to God. He wants to be close. And to say, hey, so, but like, where, where, where do I start? Where do I start? Well, here's I got another great acronym. Please write this down. This is very helpful for you. Acts, and you can't forget it because it's right after the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, A-C-T-S. And this is a great way to know how to pray. It kind of organizes your thoughts a little bit if you're just learning to know how to get to pray. So you start with adoration, which is give God praise and honor for who he is. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. You're the Lord of my situation. That's why I loved worship here this morning. It's like, Jesus, you're above it all, right? Whatever my problem is, if I make you magnify you, Lord Jesus, you're amazing. My problem gets smaller. Thank you for being above it all. Adoration. Confession. Honestly deal with the sin in your life. Oh, Lord, I am so sorry. I live in the country and my neighbor just pulled in with a new tractor and I am coveting that tractor right now, Lord Jesus. Help me, Lord. Help, help me, Lord. Whatever it is that you're struggling with, Lord Jesus, I do not have self-control to not be on my device. Instagram wants to keep me connected all the time. Whatever your confession is, thanksgiving, verbalize your gratefulness. You know, we have so much. We live in such a cynical world and we can talk negative about so much. And so much negative news comes at us. We can be so negative in our perspective. But something about praying thanksgiving. Verbalize. Thank you, Lord, for my family. Thank you that I have a roof over my head and I have some place to sleep tonight. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that there's gas in my tank that I can get to and from work. You know what? Everybody has different levels. Of course, everybody has needs in their life. But thank him for what you do have. And then supplication, prayer for the needs of others. Why this is so important is because we can, go, we can just get so navel-gazing in our prayers. And it's all about me, 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 me. And then realizing that he is powerful and it helps us see the world by praying for others. And then when we see miracles take place in people's lives, we can celebrate those miracles. And we're like, oh man, God, you're listening to my prayers. And if, he says, well, of course I am, son or daughter. That's what I do. Acts. All right. So that's just a great way. Now, another one real quick as the worship team comes. Sometimes people are like, well, I don't, that's even hard for me. I how do I do that? Well, here's another way you can just do it. Open up to uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 through 13. It's the Lord's Prayer. And this is, that's an easy one. Just, just crack open your Bible and read the Lord's Prayer. He teaches us how to pray. Just start somewhere and start getting in the routine and getting in the habit, getting into the rhythm to make this a regular part of your day. Now, here's what's going to happen. You guys are all going to go buy a journal because it's like fresh. It's like the first day of school, right? Oh, I'm going to be so good on my classes. You know, date it, title it, underline. Oh, everything's clean and neat. You remember the first days of school, right? And all halfway through the year, it's like, what happened? How come I'm not like neat and clean and I've got scribbles now on this or whatever? You start strong. But, but I want you to not only start strong, I want you to keep going. Keep going. 
Because we realize that we grow best when we're, we have these rhythms and routines, right? We said last week, we said if we want to have a rhythm with God, in other words, we hear God's voice, we're living for him, we have this closeness, a rhythm with God that we need to establish routines with God. And today, the first routine that we're talking about is first hour prayer. Rhythm number one. Get in the rhythm with first hour prayer. And I'm just calling it first hour prayer just as a way to kind of remind you. In the, in the first part of your day, make it about your relationship with the Lord. You're going to pray. You're going to read God's word. You're going to quiet yourself. I'm not saying you do it for an hour, but I'm saying you need to, within the first hour of when you wake up, you need to say, I'm going to get in the rhythm with you, God. And by the way, that rhythm needs to be a routine. Remember what the rhythm was in that logo. It's this circle, right? It's it's keep going. Come on, keep going. You can do it because you're going to start strong. We're at the beginning of this fall season. Everybody wants to start strong, but you might start losing steam. And I would say, keep going. You can do it. You can do it. I know what it's going to do to your life. It's going to establish a a peace like Jesus who was not too bothered by this crazy storm. It's going to establish this, this heart with the Lord that you're going to hear his voice. Somebody said to me at, at the Thursday service, which was amazing. The Lord shared something else on Thursday service. And it was, it was about somebody needing uh, healing for um, circulation. Somebody just in the parking lot was having a conversation with somebody in Brazil who was having uh, troubles healing because of poor circulation. And it was the Lord was speaking to that situation. And, and it was, they said, well, well how, do you, how did you hear God from that? Well, I'll tell you, it's years of training my ears to his voice. Because he'll never contradict his word. So if you want to have confidence being God's word... And then allowing the Holy Spirit, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit is what sets you on fire for him. That gives you the ability to hear, to have that revelation, to have that discernment. So this morning, my action for you that I'm going to ask you next week. Well, actually, I'm not going to ask you next week. We have Pastor Jorgen is going to be speaking next week. But I'll be here. So I'll tell him. If he doesn't, I, I might just even jump up here before. I just might have to ask you. How did you do with first hour prayer? How did you do in the early parts of the morning? Did you do like Jesus did and got away to a quiet place? Did you crack open the Bible? Did you pray? Did you allow God to speak to you? Very practical. I told you how to do it. SOAP. That's how you journal. I encourage you how to how to pray. Acts. ACTS. I believe you can do it. Every single one of us, and we're gonna find what it does to our lives. It's gonna ground us. It's gonna give us peace. We're gonna start hearing God's voice. We're gonna start responding. And we're going to hear stories of how God has used you because you started the first hour of prayer. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this church body. I thank you for their willingness to go on this journey with us, to get back into the rhythms with you, God.
that we're realizing that God, it will take us having to go to bed a little bit earlier, to get up a little bit earlier. It's going to take some disciplines to no longer grab those things, those habits that we have of our regular routines, but we're going to get away first thing in the morning. where it's quiet where we're going to sit with you Lord Jesus and you're going to speak to us through your word you're going to settle our hearts our souls and you're going to give us peace you're going to give us calm you're going to order our steps, our days you're going to speak life to us that we might be the light of this world But I wonder, Lord Jesus, if our light is not flickering bright, I wonder if it's because we're so hectic and so busy that we have forgotten to refuel and recharge and feel like, I just need that vacation, but realize the vacation can be every morning as we spend time with you. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 